listening to and watching the Ultra Perform Show, the show about business, life, and relationships. I'm just putting up our feeds on social media. We are now on YouTube Live, on Twitter, on Facebook, what else? And Instagram. We're everywhere. Oh wait, wait. Let's go live. And now we are. I need a producer just to do those things. I have a segment producer. You talked to her, Paula. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. And uh, just one second, guys. We've got a couple very important things here. Shut the door. Sometimes it gets noisy. And now we're sealed. So I have a very special guest today. Uh, you can also find us at blogtalkradio.com slash ultralife. It formerly was Ultra Life Show, but now it's the Ultra Perform Show. Performing your best at business and life. And today I have Corey on our show. I met Corey about 10 years ago. And uh, he reminded me of that. Was it 10 years? It's, uh, yeah, I met you about 10 years ago. It's probably so been eight or nine since we've seen each other. So I got the box at your place. Uh, yeah, like that long. Ago. Yeah, and uh, just just want to mention really quickly, you haven't changed at all. I it was changed shocking. All. Usually, when you're seeing someone in that amount of time, you see them and they've aged a little. And I know I have, but yeah, it's great. You look great. I look good. Great. Well, it's called uh, oh, what do I say? Passion uh, Living with Adam. I have a show called Passion Living with Adam. We okay. do health, wellness, exercise, peace of mind, living a passionate life. And yeah. I do webinar about staying ageless, and I really believe it's mindset and what you put in your body and how yeah. you live. Yeah. So I'm glad to know it's working. It is, absolutely. Yeah. If I looked really old, then I couldn't uh, really do that webinar. Yeah, and for those of you watching, I'm not, this isn't, I'm not pitching anything. My first reaction was, uh, in, in, with it being that long, is you, you really haven't changed. That's great. Usually when you meet someone after that amount of time. I probably look better, actually. Yes. <laughs> All right. So this isn't about me. Today we have him on here. He's a, a real estate entrepreneur. That's how he presents himself. And I wanted him to share with us today, like, where did we meet, first of all? How did we meet in the first place? Yeah, so, so what have you done before you, you sure. did real estate? Yeah, that's great. Um, so I've got uh, quite a varied um, background, a lot of uh, I had my hands in a lot of things over the years, and I'm in my 50s, so I have plenty, you know, the calendar's given me enough time to go back and do a lot of things. Um, when I met you, I had just left a corporate job. I was the director of sales for a credit repair company locally and had the opportunity to go partner with somebody and, and open that store where I met you. So it was 2007. The real estate market was at its peak. Um, and I leased. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, leased that commercial space. I remember 2008 more than. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But 2007 is when I locked myself into a lease. So from <laughs> from a business standpoint, you can imagine the challenges associated. With so what did you do? Because I just mentioned I have a box. Yes. Yeah. So, so what I did, um, I had a background as a as a UPS driver, um, and when I was, my office was in that area, when I was work um, working for uh, another company, and there was kind of a. To me, it looked like there was an opportunity in that area to service businesses by offering shipping and printing and some of those types of services. And there wasn't a UPS store or anything similar. So at the time, I went out uh, with uh, a partner um, who uh, financed the, the, the project and we opened a space in, that, in a strip mall in South Salt Lake. Um, 
we made some assumptions. We assumed that being close to Costco, that that, that would be our that that would um, eliminate a marketing budget. That we, sure, that we have traffic. many people do that. Many yeah. people will assume the one thing and will do it. And sometimes it does. Sometimes but it does. But it's rare. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Though. Yeah. I don't know what the statistics are, but it's probably point something. Yes. And so in hindsight, um, that was probably probably the folly because you're 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 locking yourself into a five-year lease at a time when the real estate uh, commercial real estate market is at its peak. So you can imagine what my monthly nut was to cover in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got utilities, you've got leases on equipment, you've got employees. So um, what it required to, to run that place, and, and it was a graduated lease, so for the first three years that lease would go up every year. Mm-hmm. So there were some Not challenges with it. Uh, there were some real challenges, but, but like you say, you, you have to make assumptions going in. But I think as a, as a business owner, one of the, the big lessons I took away from that, and it has to do with, with um, assuming that the lease is going to be your, your uh, is going to eliminate a marketing budget, but you've got to leave yourself room to, to adapt your plan. Like, you don't change your goal, but be willing to change your plan to get where you're going. And I think... Uh, so you know, adapt, I call it adapt. Absolutely. Adapt to, the, and, and if, to and what's yeah. going on and yourself, too, because you're changing also. Absolutely. And um, that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned. And when we talk about real estate, you know, we can talk about that. But um, owning a business like that, where you've got you're committed to that amount of uh, cash flow every month, is gone. It just rolls out the door. Um, and if you haven't left yourself room to adapt, here you've got some real challenges. So I worked hard. You know, you, you pedal like crazy to make things fly. Um, but there are also external influences, and again, can you adapt? Uh, you know, that's the question. So you have to adapt faster. Yeah, you. and when I look back at them, there are a lot of things that you know I can see areas where I could have executed better. Mm. No, no doubt. But that's hindsight. But that's it's hindsight, and those exactly. I, those I, my dad uh, sold his house last year, and then he moved to he wanted to move to Egypt. He wanted to move to Egypt for twenty years. I don't know how long, right? Yeah. Since uh, I want to move to Egypt, I'm trying to Egypt. Unfortunately, Egypt's changed, and he is old enough now he couldn't handle Egypt, so really? he did it. I mean, I don't know if I could have stopped him at that point because yeah. I didn't realize how ill he was, yeah. but um, he sold his house, and I took him to Egypt, and we did a documentary about it. Oh, you did? That. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to watch it. It's probably the best thing I've ever produced. We have a studio audience today, by the way. Say hi, Edith. Hi, everyone. Edith, everyone. That's the voice from beyond. <laughs> um, but we took him to Egypt, we being me, but all, so many great friends helped me get him there. Cause yeah. we, they were pack ready, there's all this stuff. Like I said, my upstairs is full of stuff still. There's truckloads of stuff. And uh, he got there and he was, uh, I don't want to be here. No, <laughs> even, even sick, he was like, I don't want to be here. A week, I thought it would be a month. And the ticket was to get him back. But we came back in two weeks, and uh, in hindsight, maybe we would have tried to stop him from selling the house. Yeah. But I didn't know. Yeah. You know? So he kept telling me he wanted to die there, and I was like, well, I need to honor him, even if he's going to die sure. there. But I didn't want him to die in the streets because it was so hectic. Not unsafe, it's just so hectic. It took someone that has lived there. Yeah. And he hasn't been there for. Who knows? Forty-five, yeah, fifty years, pace, forty years. Yeah, the pace and yeah. everything's changed, and he was confused, and so we brought him back. But um, hindsight, yeah, it's easy to beat ourselves up for that. Right. So. 
just for everyone listening and watching, I just want them to know, don't beat yourself up about the past because you didn't know what was about to happen. You know, can I speak to that really quickly? Sure. Something that's kind of interesting. I have a 22-year-old son, and he's, he's, he's brilliant. He's creative. He's driven. He's currently working uh, in IT. But um, one of the things that I experienced recently is, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to him since he, was a, since he was a teenager about owning your own business, about, you know, you're going to build your dream or someone else's. And uh, in a lot of my conversations with him, to mention to him, Alex, you can rely on me. I have a lot of experience. I have, I've, I've stepped in a lot of bear traps. I've, there's so many things I've done. And, and as you know, the, there's no, uh, no learning is as impactful as a mistake or a misstep, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, those lessons stay with you. So for the last few years, when I, you know, I went through a phase where I kind of burned out on, on being an entrepreneur and decided I'm going to just go, I'm going to go work for somebody and, uh, and that was, it's been good for me, and I, there have been lessons there. But in that phase, to, to tell him, if you'll let me, I can teach you a lot of lessons, but you got to trust me. I, these, are, these are things I've really learned from experience. And then in the last year, to finally allow myself to, um, to, to not value that for him, but to value it for me and say, wait a minute, why is that lesson good for him but not for me? Like, if I really believe that well, I have that to yourself. Then let me give you advice without not listening to anyone. And then, yeah. So what am I teaching him if I'm saying, look, go out and create something. Go out and build your dream and do what you want to do. You know, the world's open. You, there, you can almost meet Matt. Um, I hate his word magic, but it kind of is. Like, if you really believe, there are no limits. And to be punching the clock, so to speak, and then telling your kid that you're giving them a mixed message. Mm-hmm. And to me, one of one of the transformations for me jumping back into believing that that I can still create something was when I realized that that point that if I really believe that lesson, then I get to live it. Mm. Right? It's never too late. Yeah. Whenever I give advice, I always tell them this: you have to do what you think is best. Like I have a friend that talks to me about her relationship. I'm like, I'll give her what I think, and I'm like, but you need to decide because. Everything I'm saying, and you might not want to break up with them or stay with them or whatever. Don't listen to me. You have to decide. Mm-hmm. You have to own your power. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I look at myself when I do that. Oh, and then sometimes I'll address, you know, I'm struggling with that too, but this is what I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can do it. And the, the, the crazy thing about life is that we're all on our own our own journey, right? Yeah. So. So tell us, tell us about that, your journey yeah. in real estate, what you're doing. Yeah, so uh, prior to meeting you, I had worked as a director of sales for a credit repair company, and, and uh, the company still is the largest credit repair company in the nation. Now, so they've continued to grow beyond the time when I left. But prior to that, I was a real estate appraiser with my ex-wife, and um, it was a tremendous experience for me, um, learning the real estate valuation process, the factors that affect um, the value of real estate, um, it just was a great background. So I did that for six years. Um, uh, I was a certified appraiser. We even um, we even had the the, the uh, FHA review contract, which was really powerful because um, we would go through and just review hundreds of appraisals every month and critique them. And, and you get to a point where, when you're looking at, at that many appraisals, you you start to view your appraisals through the eye of a reviewer, and it actually just makes you better. Mm-hmm. So that was my background in real estate. Um, there was a turn in the market at the end of the 90s, and I'm sure you remember when uh, the NASDAQ kind of imploded at the end of the 90s. Tech stocks, took, okay, tech stocks took a dive in 99. 
Uh, it affected the bond market. It effect, affected real estate rates. So at that point, I made a, a conscious decision. I was married to another appraiser that, to, diver, to diversify. We couldn't both do this because it, was, it became so sporadic. So I jumped into the corporate world, and I, you know, that was 2000. So for the last 10, 15 years, I've been in corporate America, but it's been, again, those lessons have been invaluable. Um, just some of the things I learned, for example, when I talked about my job at uh, the credit team doing credit repair sales, we built a team of uh, up to 125 sales agents and being involved in the hiring process. When I go back to real estate, and I'll bring this back around, but you think about going through that process of how many people you have to hire to maintain a staff that big. Constantly. Constantly. Because people yeah. move on, quit, yeah. get sick. Yeah, yeah. For me, I do marketing for clients, but I don't. That's not my side of it. Yeah. But I do wonder, like, what does it take to get, you know, when I go, because I think I'm almost business minded, I walk into Trader Joe's, I grab my apples, I want them hard and fresh. Yeah. Because it'll go bad in a week. I'm like, what does it take to have a system in place that I get these apples right. so good? Yeah. And wherever else I go, they can't get it right. But yeah. here at Trader right. Joe's, whatever they're doing, their formula works. Buy my apple from Trader Joe's. Go to Trader Joe's yeah. and buy your apple. <laughs> and the Edith agrees. Yeah, so it's got the Edith stamp of approval. But to that she point, can be the studio audience. You can clap yeah. sometimes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. You know, I have like four or five chairs in the future. You're the studio audience. Yeah. You start somewhere and you work your way out. Yeah, that's what I say. So how yeah, do you so, get, so, so, get so, into the real estate? Okay, but let me let me just make this point really quickly because no, we only have a half hour. I understand, I understand. But this is really kind of important, and this is one of the the real values that I believe I bring to a real estate transaction, mm-hmm. and it it relates to this experience specifically, um, because we had to have such a focused hiring engine to keep that. Um, we were hiring mainly college age kids, so there was some turnover, but we could get those guys uh, converting. They were happy. Um, we had a really great team environment, but being involved in that hiring process, it was really amazing. You know, you talk about the DISC profile, the four personality types. It was really cool to be uh, involved in hiring on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. and honing that without mm-hmm. even realizing that you're doing it because you're you're making a decision on how am I going to build this team? Does this person fit my team? And how do they how do they respond how to the question? How are they addressed? Yeah, and I think it still helps because ultimately at the end of the day, if I'm going to serve you as your real estate agent, it's really it's paramount that I get you. Not just on a surface level, but that I understand what motivates you and that when you communicate with me, I understand how you communicate. I'm not I'm I'm removing the filter and I'm saying, Okay, this is what I know about Adam. Uh, I get to know you a little bit, but then I can I can break down some of those walls and start to communicate on a real level. And I think, I think you know, you talk about relationships. I think as people learn to communicate in business, I think it helps in personal relationships too. There's no difference. Oh, it does for sure. There's no difference if you develop. There, there's a little difference. Like how I am on the show, I noticed in my documentary, I was dealing with some shit. Yeah. I mean, no censorship here. I'm dealing with some crap with my parents, yeah. and they're both they're both kind of goofy. Um, and then we were also filming for my show, Passion Over Adam. And I turned it on like I did for the show, right? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, what I've noticed is that if you do too much of that in real life, it's too much for most people. It's yeah. like, whoa, you're too excited. Yeah, you're, you're too right. passionate. And I use passion a lot because you're right. 
I, that's what I, I, I talk about passion and living your passion and all that. Yeah. But uh, it's too much for people, and they're like, whoa. And that's why in yeah. sales, they talk about meeting people at the level they're at. You can be a little more, yeah. but you can be too much can be too more. Much. They can be at a five, and you're at a ten. Hey, how are you guys doing today? It's so good to see you. For me, it drives me crazy. And I'm like, really? You're, there's no way you're always that excited, yeah. right? Are you yeah. that excited to go to the bathroom? I'm going to the bathroom, yes! Right? No, I totally agree. And it's funny, there are... Um, it, Tony Robbins on his website has a, a personality profile that's really powerful. Um, and there's no obligation to do it, but I think it's... It, the disc profile, D-I-S-C, mm. um, and it's it's it takes 10 minutes to do it, but it's cool how insightful it is. Um, and I think anybody in any business should really take the time to learn that because I think one of the mistakes that salespeople in general make, or business people, is that we always want to communicate by saying what we want to say, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to get our point across. At the end of the day, when we can give that up, Say, yeah, give that up and just say, okay, I'm going to shut up because it doesn't matter what I say if you don't want to hear it and if I don't know how to present it to you. One of my sales tips is the first rule of sales is listen. Yeah, That's really listen. Because a lot of people will ask you what's your pitch. I'm like, well, it depends on the customer. Yep. I have to listen and see what their needs are. And then I have, you know, I have everything about the product. It depends if I talk about one or eight. Yeah. Sometimes it's three is the first thing. Oh, you want enough it sells. Here are, here's our guarantee. We guarantee it will sell. If it doesn't sell, we'll buy it back. Yeah. Now, we also market it for you. So it depends on what they're, right. what they, how they respond a lot of the time. Yeah. And then they want to hear the whole thing, then you have to give them the whole thing. But rarely is that. It's usually conversation, not mm -hmm. please stand here and present yourself. Yeah. But to, to tell us more about uh, Barber. So, Barber Group, this is really kind of a cool transition. So, I had a, um, I was really blessed and, and fortunate to work with the company that I just left. I want to say that. So I worked for a company called England Logistics. And um, one, one of the most amazing group of people I've ever worked with, and the company treated me really well. Um, but inside me was that bug. And, and I had this uh, kind of a revelation earlier, earlier in the year. I was thinking, what can I do at my job to make more money? And one day it was like a, it was like a, like a lightning bolt hit me and said, it's not up to your employer to determine your income. Stop. It's not their job. And I remember telling that to my supervisor because um, uh, he found out that I was I had started doing real estate. You should love that in the very beginning. Right. right? Subject. It's a beautiful, beautiful. So many uh, people they got that. But but it changed you know, their lives. Okay, but but here's the thing, Adam. I was 55 years old when that finally hit me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was at a point where I was thinking, okay, I recently went through a divorce and on good terms with my ex-wife. We have a great relationship with my kids, so we're doing the best we can. But there are some added financial concerns when that happens. So at my job, I was thinking, well, what can I do to make more? And then just getting to the, it was, uh, you know, you have those key moments in your life when a message just hits you. Oh yeah. And it doesn't just sure. sort of sort of tap you on the shoulder, yeah. like smacks you in the face and kicks you in the groin and says, listen, this one's serious. And that was the message that I thought. It was like, it's not your employer's job to create your income. So if there's anything else you walk away from today, this is the lesson that from this bold dude. I've been down the road a lot. This is real. It's not up to yeah, your you employer need, you to need create to your income. You need to listen to my webinar about being angels. Really? Okay, cool. I, 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 I like that. Okay, let's say that again. 
okay, this is, underline this. Well, you can't fit it to video, but in your mind, underline this. It's not up to your employer to determine your income. So I started, uh, my nephew was um, in working with bank-owned properties in Texas, and he's liquidated over a thousand properties in his career. Mm -hmm. Moved back to Utah and started selling real estate. So one thing that I know from, from my experience in business is the, the value of mentors. And um, to find a mentor, not just who has experience, but who is invested in you. That's when you really get the sweet spot. When you find a mentor that has the technical knowledge, has the demonstrated results, mm -hmm. and is invested in you, mm -hmm. if you're willing to do what they, what they um what they recommend that you do, it's you'll so, get there. And it's so, that's where you said it's so rare when they get invested in you. Because there's tons of mentors, and tons of mentors yeah. that want you to pay them, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to get paid too, but for them to actually be invested or invested mm -hmm. in you is rare. Like, I, Jeff McGee is on my vision board. He's a Fortune 50 coach. He has wow. a magazine. He's 37 books. I can text him after the show and say, hey, when do you want to be on the show again? That's fantastic. Uh, I have a question for you, and he's there. He doesn't have to be. He just he's invested in me. But it's rare to find people like that. Bert Martinez who helped me do this radio show. He has a show called Money for Lunch. I know I say radio show or video, but I added this part of it. I'm gonna take my glasses off. I think I look kind of weird. Well, you look weird in different places. <laughs> I know. The lighting is different each camera, and I can control. No, I can't see anybody. Right? Like that one's the best camera. We have the most followers there. You can. You can stare at that. Okay, I'll stare there. Um, no, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. So, uh, so, so let me talk about. So yeah, I guess. So, so my nephew moved, and his wife moved back to Utah, and um, he he earned the Rookie of the Year honor with the uh, Wasatch Front uh, multiple uh, MLS service. He sold more homes than any other first year agent. So, knowing that I have a relationship with this kid from the time he was this tall. And knowing that he's someone I trust and that, um, you know, I've, I've always wanted to jump back into real estate, but it had to be, um, those were, that's what I was looking for. Will someone mentor me and will they be invested in me? Because I understand real estate. Um, I've got a, you know, I'm really comfortable with my background and understanding how to value properties. And I'm super comfortable with my ability to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Like if you ask me what's the, because what, we all know what we're good at and where our opportunities are. That's the thing that has taken me all these years to figure out how, what is it that Corey does that's valuable? Where can I create value? And it's in that. It's in adapting my communication and really connecting. Mm. And it's not. It's and here's one thing that I would say to everybody. And I think you. I'm pretty sure most of you understand this, but this is really important. It can't be. It can't be um, a manipulation, right? If you're really communicating, when you really get communication at its core, you're committed to communicating. You're not committed to any outcome. Does that make sense? So when I meet a first time, uh, someone that I'm representing for the first time, I'm not really trying to sell them a house. It's not even, it's, it's so far removed from, from my first experience with a new customer or a new client. It's really about, can I connect with these guys? Can we, can we figure out how to, how to work together, how to communicate so that we can go to the next step? Mm. And um, it's been really cool to let myself just be in that space and not expect the outcome. And um, by doing that in the first couple of months, I had six homes under contract just because I didn't expect it. I expected to. Six, six, that's great. Yeah. I mean, you see people quit in a couple of months. Yeah. Anything. It's not just real estate. Real yeah. estate specifically, but everything, people quit. In yeah. And you have to be committed. At some point, I think, 
you have to be committed and understand that no matter, depending on the size of the price, I think that the life's going to challenge you proportionally. If you're going after something big, life's going to kick you around a little bit to see how bad you are. <laughs> Am I wrong? I've been, I've been kicked around a lot. Right? But I'm not wrong. Um, no, but, you're not wrong at all. And then, and you said the same with Pride. When I was, I was grossing after years after we met, um, I started grossing fifty thousand a month in sales, and I hit sixty nine thousand. And I was so happy to work. Yeah. And I was working sixteen hours a day. Yeah. And I, think and I was, it was, I was like, yeah. What else you got? I'll yeah. do it. Click, click, click. Yeah. Ordering. Yeah. Uh, it matters. Like, yeah, I gotta get this done. <laughs> so I realized what I really have money to is that. Right. Mm-hmm. My next goal is hundred thousand now. Yeah. But that's what I realized was really for me it was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. And like the value of the price. Yeah. And that that brings up that's another what you point. Said, right? uh-huh. like, right? the yeah. Value yeah. Um that kind of brings up the success cycle. I think one of the other things that you learn the longer you're um you know, the longer you go out and you, you do this entrepreneur thing is you realize that um it cycles, much like everything else in your life. Mm-hmm. Nothing is a straight line. So you can't get too high when it's good, and you can't get too low when it's bad. And you have to just understand. You just have to be able to adapt. What do I do when it's when I'm down? What? Mm-hmm. How can I? How can I adapt to my plan? Right? Mm-hmm. But you just you just you can't get too down on it. Can I share a couple of quotes with you? These are two of my yeah, favorite of quotes. And I don't know who have, said this. We have five minutes. Are we really? We only. Have five I told you. It's a good But. When it starts, just so you know, when it starts announcing 90 seconds or so, yeah. just ignore it. We can keep going. Pat. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll keep you on, on time. But, but it's all right. Two we'll quotes from, from where I am on my path right now. Uh, one that impacted me um, four or five years ago, and, and it was at a point where I was committed to getting my head, head back and, and figuring out some things in my life. And I was one of the low spots. But I, I, I read an Emerson quote. And it's probably the quote of my life. This is the one you have to say, what is your best quote ever? And he said simply, every wall is a door. Every wall is a door. And it's one of the deepest. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good. And, uh, and then recently. Well, what about the other saying that says stop hitting the wall? I, I don't know that quote. No, I don't know. I don't know that quote. Yeah, and I, I go like, well, I'll climb, I'll well, I'm climb it, go around it, go I'm through it. I just figured out how to get around this wall. But the other quote, the other quote's really cool, and I just saw this the other day, and it was, the obstacles are not in your path. The obstacles are your path. Mm. And I think when you choose to look at it that way, then they get really powerful. So, so let, me pitch, let me pitch just for a second tell you so about I'm Mark. Perfect. So I'm really fortunate. I told you that my nephew and his wife are, are mentoring me. So uh, Ben and Kim Barber are agents in uh, Leighton, Utah. They're crushing it, and they've been helping me get my business started. They've invited me onto their team along with my brother and with a couple of other agents and an assistant. So we've got a team of seven people. The beautiful thing about this team is we are we're go-getters. Like we don't pretend to do real estate. It's what we do. We get out there every day. We'll wear the tires off our cars. Um, we like to think that we build good, solid relationships with the people that we work with. My nephew has a background in selling bank home properties. I have an appraisal background. My brother was a builder. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim has, uh, my nephew's wife has so many things that she brings out. I don't even know where to start. So the cool thing is that if, if I'm helping you, 
you don't just get me, you get this team of people. And I think that uh, in real estate, you're going to see that more and more because it empowers us to be more valuable to our buyers and sellers. You're not just getting me. If there's something I can't answer, I've got a team. And we, excuse me, and we all work together to, uh, to continue to, to grow our business. So uh, it's a pretty so, cool thing. So how can we reach you? So a couple of ways to reach me. I'm, uh, I, I live in South Jordan area, so I bought the URL mydaybreakhome.com. Mm-hmm. That will redirect my Coldwell Banker site. Um, uh, but I do, I've, I've sold homes all up and down the Wasatch Front. So I've, got, I've worked in Tooele, I've worked in uh, Davis County, and Weber County. Yeah, we're good. Salt Lake County, so anywhere along the Wasatch Front. Um, I do know the area because I was an appraiser in those markets. Mm-hmm. But I'm focusing on Daybreak as a community. Um, it's only 30% developed, and I don't know if people realize that. Really? Yeah. There's so much And there's there. so much growth there. Infrastructure is solid. Um, I like, I just like, aesthetically, I like the way the neighborhood was built. I liked it. It's, it was built around aesthetics and about, around right? walking to parks. And uh, it's just a, it's a cool area, uh, bike trails. And, uh, so I think it's a good place for me to, to, to be. I grew up in the south end of the valley, so I know that whole area. Um, but if, if, if anyone wants to reach out, if you're looking for just an evaluation on your home and you go to uh, Corey Barber Realtor on Facebook, just my Facebook page and message me that you're interested in uh, home valuation, we'll do that for you at no cost if you just want to see what your home's worth right now. And for buyers, if, if you just message me through Corey Barber Realtor on Facebook. Um, Corey Barber Realtor. C-O-R-Y-B-A-R-B-E-R. It's my name, Realtor. You'll, you'll see my page. Um, but if you'll message me, and if you're if you're looking for a home, something that me, a lot of first-time buyers don't know is that commission isn't paid by the, the buyer. So the seller, when they when they list their home, they arrange, uh, they negotiate the commission, right? Mm-hmm. So a buyer, our buyer services are completely free to a buyer. So what I always tell people is put me to work and let me help you find the right home. But if anyone... Uh, Goes to my um, my Facebook page and mentions that they saw they saw me here with you. I'll uh, and we're able to get them in a home. I'll give them a five hundred dollar uh, rebate at the end of the deal. Cat, uh, I'll write you a check. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Five hundred dollars. Yeah, I heard. I saw offer on the board. We have this little board here. Uh, notes we take before the show. I'm like, offer. What offer? Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll work it out, Adam. Yeah, I'll take care of you, man. Isn't it good enough that you look like you're 17 still? Gee, what? 17, and then you're going like this. I do get ID the case where it's just funny. I'm like, I oh, don't really? It never happens to me. Then they look like, <laughs> no, it's not fake. Yeah, so <laughs> it's really great catching up with you. So just really quickly for, for those of you guys out there, I, I knew Adam a long time ago, and I've always known him as an entrepreneur. I liked his spirit. I've always liked your energy. So, you know, um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink, and it's, if, if you haven't read it, I, I recommend for everybody at Blink, read the book. Um, but um, one, of the, one of my takeaways from the book was to pay attention to what my first, the first word is that comes into my mind when I meet somebody. Whoa. And, uh, and, and the book's about tr- understanding instinct and trusting mm-hmm. it, right? Um, the power of rapid cognition is how he refers to it. Mm-hmm. But um, you have to practice it to master it. You do. You and do. I've been working with that. Too. Yeah. But my first imp- but yeah. Yeah. My first impression of you was energy, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because I. It's cool. Once you get good at this, you can go back and think back to what 
What was the first word that I thought? Energy. What, what, what kind of energy? He just had, uh, I saw he was just um, vibrant energy. Mm -hmm. cool. Must be why it's hard for me to find a partner that can keep up. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, it's midnight, let's go dancing. And they're like, uh, yeah, I'm ready for bed. No, this dude, <laughs> Energizer Buddy, man, he's a good guy. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you for being on the show. Keep listening and watching for our show. You can find us at uh, blogtalkradio.com slash ultralife. Eventually be ultraperformed. It's ultralife right now. And you can find us on Twitter under Mr. Wow. No way. That is my product. Okay, think think about what I just said about the first time I met him. And then think about what what is Twitter Maybe Maybe. Twitter. That's Twitter. Hi, Twitter. And so it's like they in New York. Is this the Twitter? <laughs> they call it the Twitter. I'm just and, kidding. And I don't. Then, and you know, those of you in New York, no offense, that's really kind of my old New York. I was born in New York. I know, and I'm just playing around. It's a bad New York place. It's really more of a yes man from New Jersey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> the end there. end there so good. <laughs> so uh, also you can find us on Instagram under my name, Adam Tajadine. And you can also find us on YouTube, uh, YouTube Live under um, Ultra Perform Inc. Ultra Perform Inc. under the Ultra Perform Show or the Ultra Life Show. And keep your eyes and ears open for us uh, weekdays at 5 p.m. The show Ultra Perform. Perform your best at business and life. Throws me off looking at all these different cameras. So take care, you guys. Thanks for watching. It'll take me a second to shut up. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you to the studio audience.